The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. And we're joined with a special guest, man, a former second-round draft selection and the 13th-ranked prospect in the San Francisco Giants system. Is that good? You tell me. Casey Schmidt, how are you doing, brother? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm fired up to have you on, man. I, I love having guys like you on because you're from, like, a different hemisphere as me. Like, you're from California. I'm from Toronto. We lived two way different lifestyles here. You were probably mashing baseballs when you were four when I'm out here uh, fucking skating, playing hockey. So I like getting guys like you on just two completely different lifestyles. So let's go into Cali, man. I mean, obviously you're from California. When was the age you like you started playing baseball year round? Like when was the age you were like playing from like January to like December? Uh, Probably since I was like seven, maybe I think, cause like I play like little league, you know, I've, I've played baseball all my life. Everything that I remember is just been, you know, baseball. But I think from like, what, like the youngest I remember playing year round, I had to be uh probably like seven, eight years old playing like little, little, little travel ball tournaments, you know, just, just going around, just playing, playing around San Diego. Yeah. And if, if you can, can you put the camera on the center? Cause I'm going to get absolutely roasted in the TikTok comments. If your face is just on the bottom of the screen. So, you know what I'm saying? How do I do that? No, like, like, cause right now the camera's under your face. So I'm just saying oh, like, yeah, oh, oh. you know what I'm saying? There it is. Perfect. We need to see the beautiful mug of yours. I'm going to get roasted in the comments if it happens. It's happened before. So I just wanted to establish that. But anyways, being from California, I got to ask you this. Cali kids scare the fuck out of me. All right. So like they have their puka shell necklaces. They're living by the fucking water. They're going to the skate park when they're seven. I said it to Tyler Glass now, humble brag. I asked him, I was like, how much of a Cali kid were you? How much of a Cali kid are you? Like on a scale of one to ten, where do you rank yourself on the Cali kid scale? Uh, you got the like hair. Yeah, <laughs> probably like an eight or a nine. Honestly, when I was younger, I'd rock the I'd rock the puka shells. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, I swear I used to have them. <laughs> oh my god. I Can we get a pick of that? Do you have a pick of that? Maybe we could throw up on the on the Instagram, maybe or something like that, because that is I'll all time. You're the first guest might, that's admitted to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think so I was. I had to have been maybe like nine or ten when I had it, <laughs> and I got them at like some like 
I went to like the beach or something. I got them at like a little they have like little like surf shops. I had to have like gotten them there. Something well, like that. Well, so and this brings up another question. Were you wearing it on the baseball field? Like, was that like the style back then for you? When like the kid all the kids were wearing like the fight necklaces, the puka shells. Like, what was the style like back then when you were a kid? Like two arm sleeves, what were you rocking? The Bryce Harper eye block, maybe? Uh, I think I rocked the Harper eye block maybe once, once or twice, and then I don't know. It just it got everywhere. I just couldn't. I don't know. It was annoying. But I I was I was a two fighting guy. I really? Yeah, I love the fighting. The <laughs> fighting and the the power balance uh, wristband uh, bracelets. Yeah. Those that, are those are, those are the best. <laughs> the fighting necklaces, and I will say this: there is no salesman on the planet like the fighting necklaces salesman. Because like when I was young. I was just like, oh my fucking god! Like these things, ultimate balance. Like you can't push me over in this thing. And then I'd go like, oh for six, and <laughs> I would just be like, it's not the, it's not the fighting. So it, it is crazy to me, man. I, like the fighting necklaces are crazy. So what do you do right now, style wise? Like, are you a massive style guy on the field? Maybe like a just every elbow guard, leg guard, fucking chin guard, hand thing when you're on the base pass oven mitt. Like, what do you wear on the field that kind of is like, all right, this is a little bit style here. Uh, I wouldn't eat. It looks, it looks like styly, but my, I like uh, the stuff that I wear, there's like a, there's a specific reason. So like I got the, I got the, the, the chin guard, right. But I, yeah. I wear it because, you know, I got, I got hit in the face last year. Okay. So I, and I had the chin guard when I got hit in the face, but it just, it just somehow missed like the entire thing and just, just <laughs> clocked me right in the face. But um, yeah, I got that. And then I won't. I don't think I'll ever take that off. I think I'm gonna probably wear that for the rest of my life. And then I got the elbow guard. I got hit in the elbow when I was younger, and it was one of the worst feelings I've like ever I've ever had. And I never wanted to feel that again. So I I went all right. Well, elbow guard. I can and respect then, uh, that. Yeah, it it was tough. And then what else we got? Um, we got you always have to have the Oakleys. You had to have the shades. Yeah, for sure. You know, you never, you never know. You have those day games. You gotta have, you gotta have some kind of sun G's. Um, I go, I got wrist tape. I, wrote, I rocked the wrist tape because I had. Of course. A, let's, let's see if you can see it on here. I have like this really gnarly scar right here. I had wrist surgery when I was. So in college. you wear the wrist tape because of that? Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't play without it. I just refuse to. I respect that, and it's a little bit of style move too. I mean, I, I like the wrist tape for me is just always like a power move because you look incredible with it, and what it does is. It brings like it kind of stops the blood from going to your arm, kind of, so you're more vascular and looking more yoked in the batter's box. It's like it, you get the best of both worlds when you wear it. So That's I do true. respect that. I do respect that. But let's go into, like I said, we're always talking about the Cali kids and stuff like that. I'm just fascinated by like California high schools and like just growing up there and all that type of stuff. So when you like, what what was the first time you saw 90 miles an hour? Like, how old were you when you were like, all right, this is fucking 90? Um, uh, probably like high school, probably like my freshman year of high school, maybe. Okay, so same got, as us here in Canada. Like, yeah, you got like yeah. older guys. Yeah, yeah, like older guys throwing throwing pretty hard. But yeah, I think you know you you see that for the first time, and you're like, "What is that sorcery?" You have no idea. <laughs> like, you're like, how am I how am I supposed to hit that? And then you gotta you know, they gotta you know, when you're little, you got like people have like sliders and like good change ups, like even when they're like younger. But yeah, that was a uh, that was definitely really weird seeing that for the first time. 
Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. So obviously in high school you're committed to San Diego State, which is obviously a just a wagon of a school. Um, how old were you? Were you committed there? And were you like the cockiest human being of all time when you were committed there? And in high school, just walking around like, yeah, I'm going to SDSU. Is that good? Like you can be <laughs> honest here. Was there a little bit of like chip on your shoulder type of shit when you're walking around when you're committed there? Uh, not really. I don't really. I don't really hold myself like that. It was I do. More like, I'll just say I'll, I'll put it out there. <laughs> I, I would have. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people from uh, like my high school, we had this. I think it was called like I think it was called like Compact for Success or something. So it was a lot easier for uh for like my my school and like I think I think it might have been like the district to get into that school too as well. So like a lot of like the, the people I went to to cup to like high school with, and even even like middle school and elementary school, we all most of us ended up at at that at San Diego State so it was kind of it was kind of cool like you walk around and you see like oh I went to I went to you know middle school with that person I went to elementary school with them so it was uh, it was kind of interesting yeah no I mean that, that that and obviously when everyone thinks San Diego State they think of the GOAT one of the greatest hitters of all time Tony Gwynn what kind of impression did he leave because obviously he passed like he he passed away like I don't think you were there when he passed away right it was a little bit earlier yeah so what was the, like, impression that he left behind? Because obviously, man, this dude just flat out fucking raked. Like, he was just the best hitter, one of the best hitters ever, him, Pete Rose type of guy. What was it like just going to that school and just seeing the type of impression and, like, just seeing all, like, the memorials and stuff of him around there? Oh, it's it's amazing. You know, you look in right field, we have, the, the like, the little wall of fame, and uh, you got him up there, and he got his little quote, you know, do things right. And uh, yeah, you know the hitting philosophy. It's all it's all still like embedded into the into the the program. Like we we talk about you know staying inside of the ball, you know staying on stuff, you know using the other side of the field, you know hitting hard line drives. So I think that I think that definitely helped um, me with my hitting because you know at high in high school wasn't like this like I wasn't like a very good hitter. And then you know I feel like I, I feel like once I got to college is when I started to get, get a little bit better and started to to develop over some time. Yeah, I mean, speaking about, like, hitting and stuff like that, this is obviously a question, adjustment-wise question. So you weren't really – looking at your stats, maybe I don't know if the ball doesn't fly in San Diego. It might not. But you weren't, like, that much of a home run guy. I mean, five home runs and then four, I believe, the next year. And now you have fucking 17 home runs in, like, the first pretty much half of the minor league season. What what did you, like, change from or is like you do you have the same approach or are you just getting more fucking yoke maybe some ringworm medication or something along those lines like what's going on here with you um definitely got a little stronger um uh making you know minor tweaks into the in the swing um has definitely helped you know um looking for pitches that i know that i can hit that i hit well just having the scouting report it's just you know just the developments helped me and uh i think uh being with the in the giants organization they've really helped me and uh kind of just developing my swing yeah, I mean you're raking. Like that's just there's just no mistake on that. You already got called. You're already in double A by now. So and you're hitting, by the way, four hundred in double A, which is we'll talk about that later. That's just absolutely <laughs> fucked up. But I gotta talk about I mean, what what what's going on here? It says you're a relief pitcher as well, or is that like a mishap in the baseball reference page? Are you the are you the next show? Are you the American Shohei? Is that what we gotta start calling you? <laughs> Maybe in college, not anymore. In college I in college and like high school and everything, I I pitched. I was okay. the I was the closer. So like I would do, uh, I would do uh, like both shifts. It was pretty cool. But now I, I'm just stickly, you know, I just play third and uh, mixing a little bit of short there too. Okay, there's like a little part of you, like when you're watching a game, like when you're watching a relief pitcher and stuff like that. Does part of you miss pitching, like going up on that mound and just carving, or what? Um, at times, you know, I think if I've had like a, a rough day, 
I'm like, oh, I could really just let it let it eat on the mound right now and just kind of <laughs> let my frustrations just take just take over and just try to try and dominate. But uh, but not 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 really too much. I'm I'm pretty happy with uh with how things are going with uh you know just trying to just focus on you know infield and hitting and then other aspects of my game. Well, I also read this too. I mean, you were the second highest draft pick since Steven Strasburg at San Diego State. Is that true? Is that a little, a little can you pump your tires there a little bit? Is that true? <laughs> I think I think that's true. Yeah. Okay, so you go second round. Obviously, based off your college stats, like that was some somewhere I'm assuming you were projected, but going into that draft day, were you like was that like a late considered like late for you or early for you? Like where where were like what was your agent saying and stuff? Uh, it was, it was that 2020 or so it was just super weird. You know, we didn't have like a, like that whole season. So no one really knew like the, like for sure, like what was going to happen. Like, you know, when you, when I was going to get picked up or, you know, everything, it was just kind of like on the, on the clock. It was, it was, it was a crazy experience for sure. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, so I'm looking at your high school here. Adrian Martinez went or Adrian Gonzalez went to your high school. Yeah, I think I think what I think uh 1999 maybe 2000. Holy shit. Was he does he like did he would he go back there and stuff like that? Um he lives in San Diego. I've seen him a couple times. Um but he he was good with the with us. He would he bought us like jerseys, he bought us cleats one year. So yeah, he was he's always good about giving back. It was awesome. Why does that high school do you guys have a good football team at that high school? Is is that why it sounds familiar? Um, I know when I was there and like the, like the years I was there, they were, they were pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they have a good high school program right going on right now too. Okay. Cause I was going to say that, that, that's that East Lake just sounds like a, a, just a good school. Like it just, it just sounds like, all right, you don't fuck around if you go here. So I will tip my cap to you for that. But on draft day, you always hear these stories. Like I went to a team that I would have never thought was going to pick me just based off of the interviews and like the interest they showed were the giants in from day one on you. Or was that like I can't believe I just got picked by the Giants? Um, ew, I don't. Re- oh, let me see. I don't really remember too much. It's it kind of all like a like a blur. I remember. I do remember talking to them. I would talk. I was like talking to me. I was talking to like to them, talking to other teams. But you know, you just never know like that, like that, that for sure, like who's gonna take you. Yeah. And then it just so happened to be, thankfully, it just happened to be the Giants at that at that time. Yeah, and, and and San Diego State too. I mean, maybe you could give me a little background on it because obviously, like, like, and can't we don't we're not quite familiar with San Diego State here. It's not like I said, it's like a different fucking hemisphere. Is is San Diego State like a good party school or like what is it more academic, athletic? Like, what is San Diego State? Like, how would you categorize it? Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like it's got it all. It's got it's got everything that you can think of. It's a amazing school, and I'm just I'm really happy that I went there. I think that. I think that was one of the best decisions that I think I've ever made. Yeah, because what I picture San Diego State is just full of absolute rocket shit, 10 out of 10 girls just walking around, and it's just like normal <laughs> shit. Like, this is San Diego State. Like, this is – it's it's a sick school, but that is wild to me. Like, you you didn't want to go anywhere, like, far from home? You wanted to go to San Diego State? Yeah, no, I was really – I really I was really big on uh, on staying close to home. Um, I thought, you know – because I used to go to those games when I was younger, too. Yeah, yeah. With like my parents, so it, it it was just it just felt right, and then the the coaching staff was really awesome with me, and I I just it, I didn't want to go anywhere else. And how how nasty was Steven Strasburg when he was there? Like, do you hear like urban legends about the shit this guy did? Yeah, it, it's it's just like crazy. He's thrown like a like a hundred and one. Like it was he it looked like he was unhittable. I've, I think I might I think I saw him once when I was little, and it was just he's just unhittable. 
like because he obviously went high in the draft. I think he was first overall, if I have that correctly, yeah. right? Yeah, so he went one one. Is 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 there like does is he is his number like retired there and shit like that yet, or or he still has to or once oh, his yeah. career is done? Yeah, definitely. He's got a he's got a little a little thing in the in right field in the Wall of Fame. That's gonna be you soon. You keep fucking around like this. Like, let's not forget about that. It's gonna be you soon. If you keep fucking seventeen home runs in the in the first half of the season, is fucking mental. Like, what are you doing? It's wild to me. I still I'm look. I looked at your stats like before. I do. I was like, this guy. I mean, by the way, why didn't they just let you get one more? What? Or oh, never mind. I was gonna say why didn't they let, they let you get let you get to a hundred hits? But that's the. That's including Double uh, A right now, but let's talk about Eugene, man. So obviously, your time at Eugene was the best you've been so far during your minor league career. Obviously, the first year was like a up and down. You never really knew, right? I mean, you obviously didn't yeah. play as much before that because of the COVID year and stuff. So it was a weird year. But this, and Eugene was like your coming out party. I mean, that's when like the Giants beat writers are talking about you stroking you off. That's when all Giants fans are like, this dude rakes and on Twitter. I, I keep my ears in the street. I know what people are saying about you. I just I try to I try to tap in, make sure it's all positive. So <laughs> they're talking about you, all that type of stuff. What was going right for you there, man? Because 91 hits, 14 doubles, 17 nukes, 51 R 59 RBIs. Just mental. Absolutely mental. Uh it, it was just me working, me working with the staff. The and uh, you know, spring training was a little tough for me. I had a I wasn't hitting too well, but, you know, once I got there, I started, you know, just to continue to stay on a routine. I think that was one of the big things that helped me was just to stay on a routine, make sure my body's feeling good, make sure I'm eating great, make sure I'm, you know, doing the little things right so I'm able to be on the field and perform. And, uh, you know, so I was just thankfully that uh, I was able to do that when I was there. Yeah. I mean, So do you have a home run that maybe you could tell us about that's like, the biggest, the the furthest nuke you hit this year because we've had Sam Huff on the show. He has two home runs above 500 feet, which, by the way, is just I still can't even fathom that in my dumb brain how far that is. What's the furthest <laughs> home run you've hit? Maybe give us a little background, build it up a little bit, give us a little storytelling. The furthest home run you hit, or maybe like a walk off or something. Your favorite moment so far in Eugene? Our favorite moment. Um, I think we were playing my favorite homer. One of my favorite. I have two two of my favorite homers of the year. So one was in a uh, Spokane. I think we were down by two, and uh, there was just absolute like wind wind tunnel going out the left field, <laughs> and I was hitting and I was hitting off a lefty, and I was just looking to ambush, and I got one, I hit it, and I hit it, and I was like, oh no, that might go foul. So I kind of just like stayed in the box at like a perfect pose, <laughs> and I'm like sitting there, and I'm just like watching it, watching it, watching it, and it it it, it just happened to be fair. And I was like in the box, and I I was like, I kind of like thought about what I just did. It was it was, it was kind of was like kind of on accident. It it was it felt I felt like I just dis I was I felt bad. So <laughs> I just I run around the bases, and I was like, oh man, I I just hope I don't get drilled my next at bat. But it, <laughs> yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was crazy. But uh, my I think it was my seventeenth homer uh this year. It was at Eugene. We were. I think we have. I think we were like bottom. I think it was like bottom eight. We might have been down by two. It was uh, I want to say it was like first and second. Facing a, a righty, throws me a slider. I take it, or my. I, I think no. I think I swung through it. <laughs> Completely missed it. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, like, oh, he's a hundred percent. He's got to come back to that, right? He came back to it, hung it, hit a bomb to left field. Knew it. 
literally literally before I even hit it, knew it was out. It was it was awesome. It was it was one of my favorite homers of the year. Is are you are you like a pimp job guy? Like where do you lie with that? Like are are you one if you know you got a hold of it, you'll maybe like wash it a little bit longer than the other person? Like where are you at with pimp jobs? Because I love it. I'm all in on it. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on the moment. It's got to be right. You know, if it's if you're down by ten, and you get a, and you hit a bomb. You know, that's not something to pimp. But if you're like maybe bottom nine, down by one, and you pimp one, that's a, that's that's pretty respectful. You know, that's that's a that's a good job. But you know, it just it just depends. I'm not I'm not like a huge like showboat kind of guy. I just kind of go in there, just get try to do do my job, and that's pretty much you know how I go about it. And speaking about guys that launch baseballs, we got to talk about friend of the show, Bishop Hunter Bishop. How 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 is how is my guy doing down there in Eugene with you? Is he raking? I haven't really I haven't really checked up on him, but I I'm assuming he's raking. The guy just rakes. Yeah, he. Oh my god, that that dude hits balls in the orbit. <laughs> he hits he hits some of the hardest baseballs I've ever seen. It's he's he's super fun to watch. He can do it all. He he can run. He can track it down in the outfit. He can hit. Steals bases, throw. He does. He does literally everything on the baseball diamond. Just amazing. Is he the type of guy? And I said this to him personally on the podcast. Like I fucking hate him. You know why I hate him? I'll give you a little reasoning why I hate him. He was a four-star recruit in football. Quarterback, disgusting at football. He's a DJ, uh, unreal DJ. His song "I'll Go" by the way is just an absolute banger. Um, nasty at baseball and an absolute fucking man rocket. Like one of the best looking dudes. You like maybe in minor league baseball. So do you look at that type of guy and you're just like, man, fuck you, bro. Like he has everything. Like he's just, he's not, he's not bad. And apparently he's a scratch golfer. Like, I mean, this guy just does it all. So he's one of those. Do you look at that guy? You're like, man, this guy, it must be fucking nice. It must be nice. With this guy. <laughs> you know, it's funny. <laughs> you, you say all that and you would never know either. Cause he is just like the most humble guy. He's awesome. He's just, he's super fun to be around. So he's, he's amazing. I love he's, Hunter. He's never uncle Rico'd you before and told you about uh, his football days. Never, never told you about that shit. I've heard, I've heard a couple of them. We, we throw the, we, we throw the football before uh, some of the games in, in uh, Eugene. What an outfield that must've been. I mean, like we're talking, we're talking Bish and I mean, just having Bishop in the outfield, I mean, you were playing third and stuff like that, but that lineup, were you guys going one, like two or three, four in the lineup, or where were you at with him? I was in, I think it was, I think it was three, four, but sometimes the lineup would change, but it was mostly three, four, me and him. That's so elite. Yeah. That's so elite. Have you played, are you a golf guy? Oh, I'm awful. I, I've, I've tried, I've tried playing with my dad every now and then I'll get into one, but like, I mean, maybe one out of the 10 shots, maybe one of the 20 shots. The rest are getting, you know, they're going everywhere. See, that's shocking to me because obviously you live in in Cali. I'm not, like, biased here. Like, the golf courses probably around you are fucking unreal. Like, I'm assuming. So, it's just wild to me that you never, like, grew up and was just playing golf with the boys, having a good time. It's crazy. You're just that dialed on baseball. Were you a football guy, too? No, I was. It's fun. Going back to the golf. I literally live on a golf course too. Like my parents live on a golf course and I'm still like <laughs> one of the, one of the worst golfers. It's, That's it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I just, I just, for some reason cannot pick it up. That's crazy to me. So you, so you never played football either. Like you were just strictly baseball guy. Uh, I played soccer growing up too. Okay. I did both. Okay. You're a soccer guy. Are you nasty at soccer? Uh, I was pretty decent. I would just kind of do it more and like, just like a, 
you know, so I could do both. And it, I feel like it would help me with my conditioning. Just like, I think it made me, I think it made me a little faster. I'm still not a very good runner, but yeah. And I wanted I, to speak about that because I have a gripe to pick with, um, the major league baseball scouts that rank prospects. And I, maybe I could bring it up to you. Um, so you're running overall is out of 40. Um, what, what's the scale on that again? What is it? Is it like 40 to 80 or 20 to 80? I think it's 20 to 80. Something like that. Yeah. Describe what's the deal here. Why is the running at 40? Like, are you, it's because you're jogging most of the time around the bases or like, are you genuinely like not that great of a runner? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a bad runner. I would think I'm, I, I would say I'm like average to maybe above average, but okay. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's because I, I don't steal bases. That's got. I think that's got to be what. It's hard to steal bases when you're hitting 17 nukes. Like that's just. <laughs> and the thing is, though, and the and the thing is, like, baseball designated per position, you don't really need to be fast to be a third baseman, right? Like, yeah, it's true. You, you don't really need to be like. I mean, Matt Chapman on the J is not remotely fast. Like he has cinder blocks on his foot. So you don't really need to be fast for that type of shit, but it is crazy to me that you're ranked a 40. Like they couldn't have thrown you a bone, put maybe a 45 or something like that. Maybe you and I will work on that in the off season. I'll just keep hitting you up and asking you like, have you worked on speed? This have you worked on speed this week? Is that something you always work on? Uh, I mean, I work on it with my conditioning, but you know, not, not with like a trainer or anything now, but I, I mean, I feel it. I didn't even know it was a 40. I'm kind of a little upset about that. <laughs> Gosh, that really, that kind of bothers me. We're going we're gonna, to, we're going to, Hey, no, listen, that. listen, at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, the writers are just on their couch, just fucking trying to downgrade and degrade these fucking kids. So like the baseball writers are dead. They're clowns. So that's just the 40 is wild, but Bishop is a 60. Would you, so let's look at it on the, on the scale. So Bishop is a 60 grade, right? Is he like 20 points faster than you? Like, is that a legitimate, like, I can look at that and be like, all right, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, so I would, I'd put Bishop at a 60. What'd you say he was at a 60? He's at a 60. I would yeah. give him a 65 and give me a 50. Okay. That's fair. Like 45, a fi- 50. Yeah. That's a 50 difference. He's definitely faster. hundred percent faster. Well, he's an outfielder. He has to be. He has well, to he's be, way yeah, faster. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's no fielder. So yeah, that that's what I wanted to bring. Up. I just wanted to double check with you, kind of get your uh, aspect on that because being ranked at forty is like, come, let's throw the guy a fucking bone here. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not three hundred pounds. Come on. Yeah, like I mean, and let's go into the bio here. Are you like a, are you a true six foot two, or did they downgrade you with that? Like, where are you at with that? Are you actually six so, foot two? I think so. In spring training this last year, I measured it. Barefoot, I'm six one, right? Okay. With, with shoes on, I'm like six one and a half. And then we throw cleats on. That's where the six two comes. Okay, from. so it's like me. I'm like five nine. A lot of people say, but I always give myself like I say I'm like five eleven. So we're on the same aspect. So you yeah, and I are kind of one of the you same. Go with the six two. You had to gotta, 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 gotta <laughs> go with the six two. You gotta like throw the the guy measuring like twenty bucks and be like, make sure you write six <laughs> two here. <laughs> Right, make sure you write six two here. It would be on me. But uh, yeah. <laughs> going back into the college and stuff like that, another humble brag. You were uh, MVP in the Cape Cod League for the playoffs. By the way, is that good for folks asking? So you played third, and then you would close in the Cape Cod League. Do I have that correct? Yeah. How did so? Is your was your arm just in shambles like the whole summer? Or like, what's the deal with that? Because you were doing that in the spring for obviously San Diego state. And then you go in the summer in the Cape Cod and you're doing both again. 
Like, was your arm oh. just in shambles? No, I, I don't know what. I think, thankfully, my arm is just it just it always feels pretty decent and like good. I think it's gotta it's gotta be with my you know my throwing program that I always do. You know, I don't I don't really throw long toss too often. You know, maybe once every two weeks if that. But I think that's I don't know. My arm felt really good while I was out there, and I would just go in, play third, and then go go warm up and maybe go warm up after I hit or something. And then, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. I really enjoyed doing that. It was a lot of fun. And we'll talk about the fielding now, because obviously we kind of kept you down to earth here with the speed, but you're, you're ranked the 65 in fielding for scouting grades, which is absurd. Holy shit. Like that's, that's insane. So who do you model your like defensive game after? And why is it Matt Chapman on the Toronto Blue Jays? Uh, I would say it's, Chapman and uh, Arenado, those are two of my favorite players. And then the the non-favorite or the non like the non-position guy, uh, non-third base guy would be like Corey Seager. I just I love oh, watching he's Corey so Seager good. swing it. I love I love his swing. I was watching him during the home run derby. It was it was it was sick to watch. The best way to learn a language: immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You're just so, backspinning balls crazy. It was awesome. Are you one of those guys that's, like, so good at third base? Like, for example, obviously, like, not comparing you to Nolan Arenado because he's just, like, the best and one of the best ever. But are you one of those guys that's, like, effortless at third base like Matt Chapman when he throws a baseball it looks like he doesn't give a flying fuck what he's doing like would you categorize yourself as that where it's like you have a good a good enough arm on you where you can kind of be lackadaisical when you throw a baseball across the diamond um I don't I don't really I don't really know I feel like I feel like I just try to get to everything and then I just try to make the make the plays as routine as possible and then you know, if I have to lay out, I lay out, and I, just, I feel like I just kind of play in that kind of way. I don't know. I don't know if that's kind of like the same way. I haven't really seen him uh, like live or a person see how it handles it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, just third base is honestly like I don't know how the fuck you do it. Like it's you get a balls like hit a hundred and ten off the bat just right at your fucking dome. So it's a wild position. Like, do you think? Do you think third base? is the hardest position in the infield. Like, what What do you, like, do, would you rank shortstop ahead of it? Or what would you say is the hardest position in the infield? Hardest position? Does capture count? Yeah, I guess. I, guess can, I, feel, I feel like that's, the hardest one's got to be the catching. Definitely, because they're they're taking foul. I, I've seen it, like, at least twice a game where a catcher gets, you know, hit with a foul ball, like right, in the, like right in the face mask, or, like, 
right in the, like the leg or the thigh or the growing area like that that just does not seem fun that looks like it's just tough yeah ca- but, ca- catchers are psychopaths yeah they they got a they got a really hard job back there but i would say like on the, like the the infield grass like that i'd probably i'd probably say third or short definitely even first base it just kind of depends on the situation like if a first baseman's holding on like a runner and like a lefty's up and that that's that goes that's one of the hardest plays you know yeah and let's let's go on your minor league career here because i obviously like i love talking about the minor league so do you have any like funny minor league stories so far throughout your career like just where it's like where the fuck am i or like a weird city you visited or a weird fan interaction or anything like that uh Damn, at the top of my head, I can't think of one. But uh, I, the Cal League was was cool. You got to go to some some cool places. You got to play in uh, Stockton. Um, we played in Modesto. Fresno. Let's talk about Modesto. So we have a funny story about Modesto. So a guy on our team told a story of um, at Modesto, they were playing, and there was just gunshots for like 10 minutes in the background of one of their games. Do you have a similar something like that where a Modesto or is it more cleaned up now? Oh God, I didn't. I had never heard of that one. That's crazy. I I didn't have it. I didn't have experience like that. Um, I did have to go to the the. I went to the ER there. That was interesting. That was kind of <laughs> weird. That, I got hit. That was when I got hit in the face. So I went to the ER there. So that was a uh, that was interesting. Yeah, but not not like nothing like crazy yet. No, it seems like pretty pretty normal. Is Eugene nice? Yeah. Eugene's pretty nice. Uh, when we were, when we first got there, it was uh, it was pretty rainy, so it like rain like every single day. So we were basically playing like rainstorms, and we could we could do that because the field was turf. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I, I've heard Eugene's nice, and I heard actually Richmond's not bad too. I yeah, I haven't I haven't really seen the field yet. I'm, I we just got back yesterday from uh where we were in Portland playing the Sea Dogs. Yeah, I just got back yesterday, so I haven't been able to. Oh, really? You haven't played there yet? Kind of, no, the, I just I just got called up last week and got here last Monday, or got in. Uh, I flew straight to Maine, Portland. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, and, and I got to bring this up too. So you guys have a uh, prospect there. It's the number two prospect in the in the Giants system, who's obviously getting a lot of praise. The lefty, Kyle Harrison. What's this dude like? Because I, I like I said, I'm a big. I, I love hearing about some of these prospect stories. So is this dude like as advertised, or what's the deal with uh, Kyle Harrison? It's as advertised. It's unbelievable. Really? The that, yeah, he he gets swings and misses on on every pitch. He is unbelievable. He I played with him. Uh, I played with him almost every just about every year now. So, oh really? Uh, he he was with us in San Jose. Very good. Very good. And you know this. This year, when we started in uh in Eugene, he was literally unhittable. It was, it's just unbelievable the way that his ball moves and how he just is able to you know his command his pitches and he he's he's awesome. I mean, this guy's numbers are insane. Sub three ERA. Is he still? Is he a young gun? How old is he? Twenty one. Okay. He's yeah, he just he just turned twenty one. Okay. Is uh so when you got drafted, did you get a chance to see uh the giant like? The actual stadium for the Giants, shit like that, or was that something? Is that close to where you live? No, so uh, that's the the San Francisco is like I want to say like thirteen hours from San Diego. Oh, but uh, when I got drafted, I didn't get I didn't go to the stadium because it was all like we were still going with like COVID. It was like still bad COVID, and then 
this this past year in December, we had a strength and conditioning camp. So we were at the at Oracle, you know, running, lifting, and we get to hit on the field. So that that was really cool. So I got to see what it looked like. Yeah. And San Diego, we gotta talk about that. Uh the actual San Diego Padre Stadium. I've never been, but like like another humble brag here. We're good friends with Joe Musgrove on the podcast. He showed me pictures of it and stuff like that. Is that one of the nicest stadiums in baseball? One of the nicest stadiums you've visited in your whole life? Yeah, that is a that's amazing stadium. And funny, uh, my parents live right by uh the Musgroves uh, coffee shop. His parents. Really, Di- like Diane? Yeah. So you know Diane and all them? Like you've seen I the don't. mother? I, I don't. My mom, my mom and dad go to their coffee shop all the time because they're they're right by there because they they just moved to Hamul. so they're right like in that kind of that area up there is that coffee shop as popping as they make it look on social media like i heard i heard it's like one of the most popular ones there i've had it it's it's pretty good it's yeah i'm really not a good. coffee guy i might have to like figure it out I'm not, I'm not a coffee guy but we'll see i mean that it looks sick and shout out musgrove by the way 100 million dollar contract fuck like just two days after he saw me so my some are saying you might actually get a 100 million dollar con- contract after this podcast i might i might, I might have bumped <laughs> you up there for that i might get you going for that but um, yeah, like, and so far in your minor league career, what's like the biggest adjustment that you've had to make so far? Because obviously, you, when you're playing in college stuff like that, you're not playing every single day, right? So, is there some stuff that you've had to adjust to, like taking care of your body or anything like that? Um, I think it's just getting used to playing every single day. Like you said, like you're when you're in college, you're playing three, maybe four times a week, and then I think just just being able to be prepared to to play every day and just to kind of go through with that is it's definitely uh it was definitely different for me but once I kind of was able to get used to it, and I love playing every single day so it wasn't like this like crazy transition for me but it was um just making sure my body was uh was able to keep up with it too what do you do in your off time though like do some of the boys like to get after a little bit like have a couple beers after the games and stuff like like what do you guys do like in your free time there and Richmond, I'm pretty sorry go ahead in Richmond because like what first of all what the fuck is there to do in Richmond uh, I don't know. I haven't experienced it yet. Oh, okay. So I, what did you do in Eugene then? What was the move in Eugene? Uh, we would go to the, there. We had, there was like a little like river. So we go to the river and we hang out by the river. We get like rafts and just like float the river for a little bit on our Mondays. So it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. That was a, that was like a good, good time to get away and just kind of reset and get ready for the next series at home. So who, so who's one guy right now on the giants that you're exciting to like, obviously cause like that call up is going to be happening soon. It says the ETA here for you. Is we like I said, we don't know, but like twenty twenty three around that area. So watching the San Francisco Giants play, like right now, who's one guy you're looking to pick the brain of and maybe like see if he could like, or you just mimic your game out like that you, know, you like watching. Uh, probably Brandon Crawford and Evan Longoria. I watched uh, Evan Longoria when I was really younger. You know, he was on the the cover of like the like the the two K game, and I played that game all the time. I loved watching him when he was with the the Rays. So uh, definitely uh, those two players. Brandon Crawford is just this unreal, just so fucking good. I love Brandon Crawford. Is that what is, is that what you model your your hair game after? Are you gonna grow that out for uh, like just like Brandon Crawford esque or what? Uh, I don't I don't have it like that. I wish I, mine <laughs> mine just like stays straight and like stringy. It's gross. <laughs> I actually I gotta get a haircut soon to be honest with you. Or maybe go mullet. I maybe we'll see. I gotta. I might keep a, keep it a little long, maybe just get a trim. We'll we'll see, but I don't I don't I don't have the, the curls. I can't do it. 
I wish I had them. I don't have them though. Well, you have it coming like to the out, like the right and the left side. So if you did a mullet, it'd be like, yeah, that guy has a fucking mullet. Like it, it's easier to notice unless if it was going just straight down. So just something to think about, man. Maybe like to the end of the year, maybe go a little mullet style. So that's... yeah, well, maybe for playoffs, go a little mullet, maybe the mustache. Can't oh, so is the is that Richmond team good? I haven't looked at the stat. I got the like the record for them and stuff like that. Like, like that's like a playoff. You guys are going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. So with the way they did it this year, with I think they did it with all. I could be wrong. I think they did it with all minor minor league uh, um, leagues, or like the what's it called? Like the I think whatever. Just like the leagues. Yeah. And uh, if you win like the first half, then you're automatically get a bid for playoffs, and then the second half gets automatically for playoffs. Like when I was with Eugene, we had the automatic bid for the playoffs because we won the first half of the of the season. Oh, that's that's electric. Minor league playoffs fire me up. They're just electric. Because first of all, you know when the minor leagues is like a lot of guys like really aren't playing for the team. Like they're just playing for themselves. If you go four for four, like you have no control. You can't be mad. You got you got to be happy. Like if the team loses either way. But that's one thing that I did notice. Like minor leagues is like when the playoffs come, personal stats get thrown out the fucking window. It's like, let's win this for the boys here. That's what I noticed about the minor leagues. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like. I feel like all the teams that I've been on, I feel like we've all we've all come together. It's been an amazing clubhouse. You know, we all play for each other. We all have fun. And we all just try to win. But yeah, I'm definitely excited. I didn't get to experience it last year in San Jose because I was gone with uh, I had a right wrist injury, and uh, so I didn't get to experience the playoffs. So that was really like it was hard for me. I had to watch it from uh, from like my from Arizona. While I was rehabbing, so I really, I'm really excited to, to be out there. And- I and listen, another thing about me, and if you know that, listen to this podcast, you know I love off the field shit. I love the pregame stuff. What's your pregame routine? What are you doing pregame? Are you a coffee guy? What music are you listening to? What's this? What's like the check notes you have to make sure you do before every game? I gotta get in the shower. The first things first. After BP, straight in the shower. <laughs> gotta get in the shower. Gotta restart, and then uh. We'll may- maybe have a Red Bull. Just depends on how we're feeling that day. And then we get in the cage, we get some shapes in, we hit, and uh, and that's about it. And we get out there and we get ready to go. So, what type of Red Bull guy? I used to work for Red Bull, by the way. So, what type of Red Bull guy are you? Are you like like are you a flavor guy, or are you just uh you just you you keep things simple? You're just a plain Red Bull guy. I like the like the the sugar free one and the blue one. The I'll blue mix, one. I'll mix them up. I don't know why. I just I love the taste. The sugar-free one's fire. It's the most underrated Red Bull of all time. That's in my opinion. Yeah. The sugar-free is the most underrated Red Bull of all time. It really is. So I do I do appreciate there's other guys out there like me that do like that. Uh, and I also do appreciate you're not like one of those hipster bang energy types. Like that's that's no, tough. that's too much. Yeah, that's, that's too much for me. And it's too much drink. It's like a full. It's it look. It's like the. It's like a three fifty five milliliter type of drink. I can't do it. The bang energy is way too much. So I do appreciate that, but. You like what? What songs are this? Like what music you bump in before? Like before the game? You a Drake guy? Like what are you listening to? Uh, I am a Drake. I like Drake right now. I, I I've been listening to a lot of Dom Kennedy. Wow. So yeah. So you're, I like you, Dom Kennedy. You're like a, you're you're slowly going into like the underground type. Like he's not that pop. Dom Kennedy's not that big here, at least. I don't know if he's big there, but you're you're getting into like the underground game. Yeah, he's like a L.A. He's like from L.A. He does like all like the it's kind of like old school rap a little bit. But yeah, I like I like listening. I feel like he gives it gives me a good vibe. I'm just ready ready to go out and play. What's your walkout song or walk up song? Sorry, I haven't I haven't picked it yet. But I I have I have three that are on my on my top right now. So I got two Dom Kennedys, a Kanye West. One's a Dom Kennedy, My Benz, and then we got Dom Kennedy, Watermelon Sunday, 
and then um, Homecoming, but Kanye West. Oh, it has to be one. Homecoming. I'm going to end it right there. <laughs> Listen, if it's not Homecoming, like we're we we got we're fucked up here. Like the Homecoming, <laughs> that it has to be Homecoming. That's it. I, I the only thing is I used Homecoming and Eugene, so I wanted I wanted to do another. But I've, I've heard we get to use, we have two we get to have two walkout songs. Okay, so I might I might keep Homecoming and then choo- choose one of those Dom songs. Okay, I can listen. I can get behind that, but the homecoming is just like so. You go right from the start on homecoming, like right directly, to the yeah. directly in the beginning. Yeah. See that that gets the people going, and like the crowd can start like clapping, dancing with it. Like especially you picture this, right? Like, what's the name of the Giants field now? I don't even remember. Um, yeah, I don't know, but whatever. Oracle? So let's say you're, we'll say AT and T Park, like the old days. We'll say it's that. You those speakers, I feel like are loud as fuck homecoming on those speakers when you're stepping up yeah. to the plate are you kidding me like that that's the one like especially for the debut right like that's i mean you want to talk about chills that's the definition of chills yeah that would that would be amazing that's, a, that's such a good song it is like he did that it's a banger and we got to go into the so social media aspect of it do you not have twitter no what's the deal with twitter. that i don't know i I used to. I just, I don't know. It, it, I feel like I was spending a little bit too much time on it, and then sometimes I would see like a something what someone would say about me, and I, would, I don't know. I just don't want to see it. So now I, I just have like a, an Instagram. So you're not a Twitter guy, huh? No, that's crazy. You got to get back on a Twitter. Yeah, I, I you got to get back really on. Really you need to connect with the fans. Maybe create like just be that guy that's witty type of funny, like the office type of humor guy. Like you got to get back on a Twitter. Like that's just that's guaranteed. You can't be a non-Twitter baseball player. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I I'm pretty sure even Nolan Arenado has fucking Twitter. Like, and he does, and he's not social media guy at all. So. You got to get into the Twitter game. The Twitter game is elite. But I'm looking at your Instagram game. The Instagram is fire. I mean. Do you just have a permanent guy that just follows you around with a camera? Because these pictures are just dynamite. Like these are unreal. Are do you, do the? How does that work? By the way, do, do these pictures get texted to you right after the games? Uh, yeah, like after like a uh, every every other every like couple of days. So in uh in Oregon, we'd have like our team photographer, and he would uh you know he send our he'd send our 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 pictures. And at school, same thing, we'd have a uh, someone send our pictures. Okay, that's. I mean, I'm looking at your swing here. Whole you got you know okay listen 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 I just saw holy fuck all right one thing that I respect about your swing which is something that I can never mimic and I could have never done in my career 160 career junior college hitter what I love about your swing is it's like you you on your finish I don't know if you realize this you stay on your back foot and just do like a little rock you know what I'm saying like do you know what yeah. like that last video you just posted it's something that you just can't teach like it's like god given type of shit. Is that something you've always done? Like, if I look at a swing from your childhood, is that the same thing? Like, you when you're finished, you're kind of on your back foot rocking a little bit. Is that or is that like a new thing? Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I feel like that's always been something I've done. Maybe I'm not for sure, but I feel like uh, I feel like I've always been pretty pretty good about staying in my my lower half and staying staying back on on baseballs and stuff like that and trying to stay through things. Because that video is like, I actually part of me wishes you tagged the pitcher. Like, have you ever thought about that? <laughs> <laughs> this is on you. Like, that would be electric. You want to talk about just blowing up the internet? Like, there, oh, the the mentions would be unreal. 
it would just be all time. But that you also kind of club twirled that too, like a golfer after a good tee shot. That is, I fucking love that. And also, we're talking about the forty grade speed here. You were an oven mitt, is that correct? Are you an oven mitt yeah. guy? That's crazy. It's not, <laughs> it's not an oven mitt. It's a, it's like a hit. I only wear it because I had that 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 wrist that, that wrist thing. That's the only reason I wear. It. I don't want to mess it up again. Oh, that's all time. You got to be and listen. And for the scouts listening to this, you can't call him a forty grade speed if he wears an oven mitt. That the oven mitt gains ten points on the fucking scouting report speed. So change it, or we'll fucking change it for you. All right, it can't be a forty, and the guy's wearing a fucking oven mitt. That just doesn't work. That doesn't. You uh, the oven mitt is all time. And listen, it's a little bit cooler when you hit a nuke and you're having oven mitt in your back pocket. Like I'm not going to be needing this shit. And by the way, I have a little pimp job for you. Maybe that your videographer can look into this. After you hit a home run, pass the oven mitt to the first base coach. Is that crazy? It's a little bit too cocky. That'd be pretty good. It's something to think about. Like hand it off to him like a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, all right, not going to be needing this. Take this fucking oven mitt. Yeah, That's the time, right? <laughs> that would be funny. That would be that would be definitely good. I'll think about that one. You got to think about that. You got to just know, like, right when you're coming down the first baseline, Johnny said, I got to take this oven mitt off and just hand it. Because that – and I need a picture of that because that would be all time. Like, I want to put down a T-shirt. Like, that would – like, you handing off the oven mitt would be just all time. That's, we need to work on that because the pimp jobs, you already got it down. Now you have the oven, the and the pitcher won't even see the handoff, so it's like it's not disrespectful to him. It's just funny, like it's just a funny thing to do. It's just a, it's just a subtle handoff. It is a subtle handoff. I wonder how your team would react to that. Like, do you think it, are the boys in the locker room like that? Or like, were they like that's funny as fuck, or would they be like, yeah. let's tighten it up here? Oh, definitely. We're we're all about having fun. <laughs> I think that would definitely be something funny. That's electric. I love that shit, man. So, second last thing I want to talk about. So, obviously, like I said, you're flying through the system and stuff like that. Is your goal, like, what's your goal for the rest of this year? Like, are you, because you're hitting 400 in double A, so I'm assuming it just stayed at that. But is it, is your goal, like, because other people have been, like, maintaining the roller coaster of up and downs, like, just staying in the same mindset? Like, what's your goals going into the end of this year? Uh, definitely, definitely just, like, staying within myself. Um, I'm really big on staying on the roller coaster as well, you know, just to, you know, just to be within myself, you know, just be able to handle the ups and the downs because, you know, no matter who you are, they, they're going to come. The downs are going to come. The ups are going to come. But, uh, yeah, just, just to handle that and just, uh, just to try and stay consistent. Yeah, like, it's crazy. The minor league season is so long. Like, you got to understand. Like, a lot of people, what they don't understand is, is, like, the mental game, especially in the minors, when you're really working your ass off towards, like, this right now means the most because when you're in the majors, you're in the majors. You all will always have that on the resume. When you're in the minors, you're just the minor league guy. So you, this is when you're going to be working your fucking hardest pretty much. Right. So is that like, how, have you had like a struggle for a long period of time where you like, what have you learned? For example, like if you had, if you've had a struggle so far in your career, what's one thing that's kept you like sane or that's like helped you get through it that you could tell people about. Um, I, I struggled. So last year I struggled and I didn't really do very well. It wasn't really nice to, you know, I guess myself, I would kind of, I was really like negative with myself and just kind of like, God, oh, I'm never going to get out of this. Like, ah, da, da. like, but this year I feel like what I found myself doing more, I would just, you know, if I make, take a bad swing, I roll over or something. I'm like, all right, well, next pitch, next pitch, next, next game, next pitch, whatever like that. And just continue just to like tell myself that there's, 
you know, I got that next one. You know, I always want that. You know, there's people that talk about, you know, they want to fit that bat. You know, you got to want that fit that bat because, you know, if you don't want it, then you're probably going to get it. So, you know, always just to, you know, want, want that extra thing and just to continue just to, just to get better and just to like be able to handle stuff. Who's the best pitcher you face so far in the minors? Like a big time prospect that just has your number, like a Max Meyer type. Like who's one guy you face? That's nasty. Uh, we just faced uh, a rehab guy from the Red Sox yesterday. I think it was like Bellio Bello. Bello tell. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brian Bello. I think, yeah, I think that, that I think that's who it was. Was he disgusting? Because he was actually like not carving in the majors. Goes to show you how good major leaguers are. Because if that like yeah. was he nasty? Oh my god, he's gross. He's throwing like the ninety eight mile hour like sinker and then sharp slider and then a right and right changeup. And I was out in three pitches. And I was like, <laughs> oh well, <laughs> that was that was a good at bat. Is there a video of you out there facing him? Maybe someone posted a rehab video of Bello that I can get confiscated from the internet. Of you, maybe, maybe. probably. <laughs> <laughs> I took the first one. It was a turbo sinker, right on the inside part of the plate. I think it was like ninety-seven, ninety-eight. I think that was like a like a ninety-mile hour slider. Took it. Like threw me right on my chin. Swung right through. I was like, all right, well, that's all that. That's all I got for that. <laughs> it was a, it was a bad one. <laughs> it was bad. That's the worst. I don't understand how you guys face that shit, bro. Like I really don't. Like, what the fuck, man? These guys are like, they make a living. And you know what's crazy? Like I mentioned, he wasn't even carving in the major leagues. Like, isn't that wild? Like, he was kind of struggling. It just goes to show you how fucking good that league is, man. Like, it's, it's, scary. it's crazy. But um, so he's that one guy. Like, is there any other guys you face so far in your career where, like, this guy is disgusting? Um. Yeah, Uh. for the Blue Jays. I don't remember his name. And uh, we played, played him in uh, Ricky Tiedemann? Vancouver. Yeah, we faced him too. Ricky was really good too, um, but the other one, ah, I think, it was the he was from Cuba. He was throwing gas. He was throwing like one on one. Let me look at. I need to know this. I'm a massive Blue Jays guy, and I do a Blue Jays pod, so maybe I can talk about him on the pod. Yeah, he, he, he's in Double A now. Okay, because Ricky Tiedemann's like the bell of the ball in Toronto, right? Like you obviously could tell that from probably facing him. Um, yeah, he's got really good stuff. Who's that one guy? Let me see who it is. Sam Roberse or no, definitely not him. I, I don't see a. I want to say he's like the 12th, 13th prospect. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's a different guy or Yosver Zuleta. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the it. guy that they're talking about that's calling it. up to the Jays in September. I think that's it. Yeah. He was gross. Dude, 70, 70 rated fastball. Holy fuck. What was he throwing like 99? Yeah, he was like 99 to like 101. Oh, my God. So would you say, like, and this is not a shot at Ricky, was he a more challenging at bat than Ricky Tiedemann? They were both very challenging. I could, I don't, it's it's hard to, to kind of, you know, pick between the both because one's, you know, throwing sinkers from the left side and changes from the left side and the other one's throwing, you know, 100-mile-an-hour fastball with, you know, wipeout slider from the right side. So what kinda, are you lifetime against Ricky Tiedemann? Maybe we could, like, update that to your bio. I think I'm 0 for, 0 for, 1, 0 for 1 with a walk. Okay. What, 500 uh, on bro- OBP? A broken bat line drive. <laughs> All right. To the second baseman. Diving play. Like okay. 50, so we're going to say 50, 50 off the bat. So we're going to say two for two quality at bats. You're, you're two for two <laughs> on the quality at bats aspect of it. But speaking about Vancouver, 
Listen, I'm a Canadian guy through and through. I'm from obviously near the Toronto area. Is there a more beautiful place on planet Earth than Vancouver, British Columbia? Oh my God, it was amazing. And you guys have a that coffee shop. What's that place called? Tim Hortons. Uh, oh God. You're a Tim Hortons guy, eh? Wow. That place <laughs> is unbelievable. The break, the farmers wrap. Oh, oh, the farmers that... wraps are go to. You're you're a grizzled Canadian vet, like you know about the farmers wrap. Oh, those are those are unbelievable. And then I had, the, I think they had a they had a chicken sandwich too. I came like in like the afternoon, and they had like a crispy chicken sandwich. That was unbelievable too. But oh. yeah, that that place that place is sweet. When we, we stayed in Vancouver, there was a, a Tim Hortons right down the street, and I went there every single day. <laughs> <laughs> That's all time. But yeah, Vancouver. Listen, pal, it doesn't get much better than that for minor league cities. It really doesn't. Like, like that, the view of Vancouver, like the view you have of like the mountains and like the water and all mm. that type of shit. It's, it's beautiful, dude. Vancouver is like, in my opinion, one of the best cities in North America, like just based off of scenery and stuff like that. And they actually pack their stadium, right? It's pretty busy. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Were you getting chirped from the Canadian kids a little bit? Like, were they in your ear a little bit in the batter's box and stuff? Oh, a hundred percent. Down the line, there's like these guys that were just. I made an error and the, I made the error like the first day and then they let me have it every week that I was, uh, I was there for two weeks. We're there for like the first or the second week or something like that. Then like a couple weeks later we're again and they were still right there and they tripped me the entire time. It was unbelievable. <laughs> no chirps compared to those Canadian chirps, man. The hockey players, they they'll get in your fucking ear. If they have to, they yeah. don't give a fuck. Oh. Oh my God. It's unbelievable. It was, it's, it's all love though. I love it. It is. It is electric, but yeah, man. I mean, obviously, and this is another thing that we do with this podcast. So just so you know, whenever that call up happens, we have to be one of the first to know, like, this is the official, like, this is, this is, yeah, this is your official podcast now. So when you, yeah, this is the official Casey Schmidt podcast. So (laughs) when you do get called up, it goes family member, family members, officially unofficial podcast like that's just how it goes now like for the rankings of who you let know when you get that call so just 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 gonna put that out there kind of let you know because i'm assuming you keep hitting like that it's gonna come soon so just i'm gonna put your i'm gonna write it down somewhere that you're gonna let us know right just just so we're on the same page i got you 100 (laughs) but anyways man like i said i was far enough to get you on um seeing what you're doing is just obviously it's fucking crap 17 home runs i don't think i've ever hit that in my life full 25 years of living i don't think i've ever had seven, 17 home runs before so keep swinging it man keep doing what you're doing welcome to the efficient official podcast family you're one of our guys now so uh i appreciate you taking your taking the time to come on this man and uh best of luck the rest of the year thank you i appreciate you having me on thank you for listening to officially unofficial make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on itunes and follow us on twitter at a fish on a fish pod and on Instagram at officially unofficial pod. Thank you.